I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844-COSENTIX. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The Memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times. The red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north. The winner, it won't be this time. The Stories. Brucott to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now... As a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stuart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans from CU at the Game. This is Stuart White here, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Two years ago and two coaches ago, Colorado conducted its most recent spring practices. Starting at the end of March and continuing through the end of April, CU head coach Carl Durrell and his staff will finally be able to jog out of the Champion Center and conduct spring drills with their team. With this episode, Brad and I will go through each of the units of the Buff offense, looking at the roster and projecting the storylines that CU fans will be discussing. With our next podcast, to be posted as spring practices open the last week of March, we will run through the defensive and special teams lineups. As always, we appreciate your support and ask that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you do your downloading. And don't forget to give us a review. Five-star reviews are much appreciated, as are any comments or suggestions you'd like to pass along. It's going to be an interesting spring for the CU program, as there are any number of lineup questions which will need to be answered. What are they? 
Well, let's find out. Okay, we are back with one Brad. I got to play golf and you didn't, Geiger. How are you doing today, Brad? Pretty good. You know, looking at my tan line here for my golf practice and uh, kind of enjoying it before the potential two feet of snow hits Denver this weekend. Yes. And then, of course, after the two feet of snow, it'll be 60 degrees and be gone in three days. So yes, this is the joy of Colorado in March. I do miss Colorado winters. But, uh, yes, you get dumped on, but then the sun comes out and it all goes away. Whereas in Montana, we get dumped on around Halloween and then we'll see you again in May. There is spring coming. It's grass is growing and stuff like that. We just can't see it because it's still under the snow. But nature of the beast. So Yes, most definitely. Well, with the coming of spring and talking of spring sports, uh, we get to actually perhaps, perchance, hopefully, have spring practices. 2021, fingers crossed that uh, that is going to go forward starting in late March, going through to late April. And we are going to talk about the offense, go through the different units of the offense, what we have, what we might be looking for, what reports we might be getting. So, of course, the most important position on the field is the quarterback. And I can run through the roster pretty quick because we don't have a lot of quarterbacks actually on the roster. We got Sam Neuer, who's going to be a senior, coming back for a senior year, one of our three real senior seniors who will not be available for spring practices after his shoulder surgery. Uh, sophomore J.T. Shrout, the transfer from Tennessee. And then freshman, technically Brendan Lewis is still a true freshman. And then a true, true freshman. We have to find out different titles for all these people. But a true, true freshman, which would be Drew Carter, class of 2021, who enrolled early. So... Assuming, well, not assuming, knowing that Sam Neuer is not going to be available for spring practices, what are we looking for from the quarterback's room spring practice 2021? Well, we are looking for, well, two things. One, can Brandon Lewis prove that he can start in the Pac-12? He showed a flash at the bowl game. He showed that he has some of the skills necessary to succeed. I mean, we are looking at what it looks like for a second-year true freshman. Is that how we're going to call this things now? <laughs> um, with an actual spring practice, which actual time under his belt can make the leap that we would hope. We are also looking at whether J.T. Shrout, who was well-regarded coming out of high school, was in the mix at Tennessee, which is perhaps not what it used to be, but still is an SEC team, if he can bring something surprising. He was somebody who had other options in the transfer portal and came here, one has to assume, with some belief that he can seize the starting position. Yeah. And so we are we are looking at a quarterback battle between what appear to be very different stylistic quarterbacks. So we are also looking at whether the coaching staff can make use of those different kinds of talents. Yeah. Well, I think we could probably agree that if 
the stories are that Drew Carter is the best quarterback in the room coming out of spring, that we've had a very poor spring, that we have great hopes for Drew Carter in the future, but we can eliminate him as the top choice for what we would hope to see coming out of spring practices. So it's really going to be JT Stroud versus Brendan Lewis. And at least in terms of the news we're expecting to come out of spring practices. Without Sam Neuer participating, I'm sure he'll be on the sideline. I'm sure he'll be in the film room, but he won't be out on the field. Do you think that Buff fans are going to be hoping for a replacement or hoping that we have quality backups? Is it Sam Neuer's job for the Northern Colorado game? Or do you think that there's a chance we could have a different starter? Well, yes. I think Sam Neuer is the presumed starter. I think we've seen both Sam's floor, which is solid, and his ceiling, which is not high. I mean, he is a quarterback that plays within the system, that has uh, all the requisite toughness, probably all the requisite smarts, perhaps not all the desirable physical attributes. So I do not think Sam Neuer can lose this job in the spring. He can figure out if it's possible for him to lose it in the fall. Best case scenario for Buff fans is probably that there is a competition going into the fall. Yeah. And I think you talk about not all the physical attributes, smart player, savvy player. That sounds like most of the quarterbacks Colorado's put out on the field the last 15 years. <laughs> you know, Cody Hawkins, Tyler Hansen, you know, it's like even Stephen Montez. It's like, well, and Cepho even to an extent, you know, that – they're great warriors or competitors, but don't have the physical attributes of being a star Pac-12 quarterback. Um, well, and, and Stephen Montez had all the physical attributes. Yeah. One, one can anticipate a brain transfer from Sam Neuer to Stephen Montez and have a Frankenstein quarterback <laughs> that probably could play in this league. Yes. Well, for all of... Sam Neuer's, I had to, I had to look because I, I I guessed it. I bet you can guess it too. Sam Neuer's four and two at quarterback at the University of Colorado. Can you name the last quarterback that left CU with a winning record? Left CU. Cody. Cody Hawkins was eleven and seventeen. Oh boy! So before that. Before that. Oh my. Uh, while you're pondering that, I'll give you some of the numbers. Steven Montez, seven and twenty, seventeen and twenty-two. Sefo was Sefo Lufa was sixteen and twenty-four. Tyler Hansen, six and fifteen. And again, Cody was eleven and seventeen. The last quarterback to have a winning record was my brain has stopped. Someone you see every Saturday now. Um, but now he's broadcasting games instead of oh. playing games. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm not getting this Joe. Yeah. Joel Clapp? Joel Clapp. In 2003, <laughs> was when he started, finished with a 19-15 and 15 record, was the last quarterback to have a winning record at the University of Colorado. So 4-2 and two ain't bad, Mr. Neuer. So... We'll see what happens coming out of the spring. I think you're right. You know, if we hear wonderful things about Shrout, we hear wonderful things about Brandon Lewis, that just means we're going to have an interesting fall camp. And that can't be a good thing. 
Of course, the old adage is if you have two or three quarterbacks, that means you have none. You know, we want somebody to come out and actually steal the position and dominate the position, but that's not going to happen this spring. So we'll just have to hope that we get good reports out of the quarterback's room. Yeah, we have we need progress. Yes. Moving on to the running backs, we've got the reigning Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year coming back, Jarek Broussard, who had 800 yards in five games. And just for the listener, whenever I use statistics here, the University of Colorado, Dave Platty, you can take it up with Dave if you want, but statistics, University of Colorado, they don't count bowl games. So anytime we're talking any statistics here, it's going to be talking about the five-game season, not going to be talking about the Alamo Bowl. Jarek Broussard had 800 yards. The previous year, Alex Fontenot led the team in rushing with about 800 yards. So now you've got junior Alex Fontenot, sophomore Jarek Broussard. you got two more sophomores, Deion Smith and Joe Davis, and two true, true freshmen, Ashad Clayton and Jay Lee Stacks. So where are we going to go with the, the running backs room? Are going to be able to keep everybody happy enough to keep all – six of these backs on the roster? Well, I don't think we will, the bottom line is. Yeah. The question is, is it going to be a mix of Broussard and Fontenelle, which it was at times, although, albeit with Broussard getting the vast number, will it be Broussard as the starter and Fontenelle as the preferred backup? Again, we're hoping that Clayton and Stacks can make some progress. Yeah, it would not be... I guess terrible for them to be, for there to be some competition at that spot. But if Jarek Broussard stays healthy, one would expect that this will be a time for him to develop a few more skills. Yeah. Kind of seems hard to unseat him as the starter. So I think the, the question for Darian Hagan and Darren Cheverini is how do you find ways to get these other players on the field, whether they are, out running out in the slot or they're doing screen passes or they're coming as the third down back or they're the third and one back. How can you get them to participate and use their skills? I mean, that, uh, yeah, you only have one football to hand off, but Jarek Broussard, you know, when he went for 300 yards against Arizona showed that he can be durable enough to play the entire game and Fontenot, didn't really lose the job. Uh, Broussard just kind of came in and took over when Fontenot got hurt. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting spring. But I, like you, am a little wary of what April and May might look at, look like after finals week and the transfer portal, again, becomes our news of choice and whether or not we're going to have the same roster of running backs in August that we have in March. That's just the the reality of the situation. Well, but you could also see, you know, Fontenot, you could see bulking up and becoming the third and one back. You could see, for example, Clayton learning to catch passes. And the running backs coach is familiar that you can occasionally have more than one running back on the field at a time. <laughs> he has seen that offense work. Yeah, not, not for a generation or so, but yes, <laughs> once upon a time, Nebraska went to one national championships with an eye back. So there is the possibility, and 
if you look at even Deion Smith or Joe Davis or even Stacks, I mean, you could put together a highlight reel of their opportunities that they all showed signs in different times, different capacities. So I guess it's a nice embarrassment of riches, which we're used to having in the wide receiver core that we now have in the, in the running backs. So, well, and if we can find, you know, again, you want, there's very little more that you want from Broussard, but a bruiser would be nice. Yes. So keep everybody healthy and keep everybody happy. That's uh, the role for Darian Hagen running backs coach in the spring of 2021. Wide receiver, not to, we were just talking briefly about wide receivers being the room that has probably in the last 10 years been the most talented unit on the team, a large part thanks to Darren Cheverine and his recruiting. And I'll run down the wide receiver core, no senior seniors, juniors, Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, Daniel Arias, sophomores, Dimitri Stanley, Redshirt freshman, Vontae Chenault. True freshman, Brendan Rice, Montana, Lamonius Craig, Keith Miller. And then we've got a couple of class of 2021 wide receivers. Chase Penry and Ty Robinson will be coming in in the fall, well, coming in for the summer. So I guess the first thing to talk about is one of our starters and, well, leading returning receiver, Levante Chenault, who had 17 catches for 193 yards last year, has now three counting, and hopefully not counting, uh, traffic offenses to deal with. The most recent, I was going to ask you, you've been in the Denver-Boulder area for now going on 40 years, and have you ever gone over 90 miles an hour on the turnpike? Just... uh, I'm trying to figure out what time of day you have to be to be able to go 90 yeah. miles an hour yeah. on the turnpike. But then again, I perhaps lack Mr. Chenault's inherent courage. That does seem to be a deliberate and conscious choice at the very minimum. <laughs> With two traffic offenses already pending, um, that would not seem to be the wisest of choice. So his future, I don't know. There's certainly not offenses that would bring about, you know, kicking him off the team, but probably another suspension. He was suspended for the first game and the last game last year. Perhaps in the best-case scenario, he sits out the Northern Colorado game and comes back, does wonderful things against Texas A&M. But this might be the spring for other receivers to step up. So I'm going to divide it a little bit because we got so many receivers to talk about. you got three upperclassmen, Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, Daniel Arias, who have not been the stars. And is this their last chance this spring to make a mark, or are we going to just move on to underclassmen? Yeah. I mean, they, the, the bottom line is it is very difficult to imagine, given the time that they've had, that we will – come June, have all three of those young men on the roster, at least in their current positions. Would we be shocked if one of them perhaps was tried at safety or something along those lines? Such switches have been made in the past in other programs. But it 
they have not, although all coming in with acknowledged skills, have simply not been able to force their way onto the field. And there's just no reason for the coaches to give them a break, given the talent behind them. Yeah, because these are all, I mean, this would be their senior year in a non-COVID situation. So you'd be expecting three seniors to be dominating the receiver core and not serving as backups when somebody's run a couple of fly patterns and wants to, you know, tap out for a play or two. Now, Dimitri Stanley is also a returning starter. You got Brendan Rice. Gotta like those two names. Gotta like the chances of them being well thought of uh, performers heading into 2021. Yeah, everybody. I mean, those are the default starting wide receivers. And depending on what happens with Chenault, you can see those three. I mean, there there is a scenario where the problem that we mentioned in the backfield with the running backs about not being enough balls is a problem with wide receivers. If Chenault avoids substantial problems, you know, he and Stanley and Rice are three people who can play in the Pac-12. They are every bit as talented as anybody else playing in the league at their at their position. And given that we can completely expect this to be a balanced offense, that Chevrolet is going to try to maintain that run-pass option, there may not be enough balls going around for those three wide receivers especially considering we might occasionally throw to a tight end. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to the tight ends. Yeah, I have I have some thoughts on the tight end position, but there is a little bit of a drop-off there. Stanley, Rice, and Chenault. Then you look at, okay, who's number four? Is it Maurice Bell? Is it Daniel Arias, who everyone has thought would be a wonderful wide receiver, kept waiting for him to have his breakout, and he did have some – opportunities in the Alamo Bowl, um, but I don't know, maybe Montana Alonius Craig is the answer, or Keith Miller is going to be the answer, but there is going to be some opportunities there to get in there on a four-wide receiver set or when somebody taps out or, you know, you know injuries happen, um, and in our case, suspensions happen, that we're going to need somebody other than Chenault and Stanley and Rice, well, I mean, other than Stanley and Rice to step up, and that's what I'm looking for this spring is not counting necessarily on Chenault, hoping for Chenault, certainly not hoping that he won't be with the team, but if for whatever reason he does not work out and is not playing a 12 or even a 10-game season for Colorado this fall, after Dimitri Stanley and Brandon Rice, who's the next guy? And I'm hoping to see... Lots of people get excited about Jalen Jackson or Daniel Arias or Maurice Bell, Keith Miller. Somebody's got to make some headlines, at least in the coaches' post-game talk, that gets us excited about fall camp and gets us excited about the 2021 season for the wide receivers. Well, one thing that we do have experience with and that we understand is that there has been evidence that Cheverini and the rest of the coaching staff can improve wide receivers, that they can teach technique, that they can teach the offense. So there can be some reasonable hope that a fourth wide receiver can be coached out of this bunch up to starting 
condition. Yeah. With the hope that this entire group is not outshined by Katie Nixon being a all-pack 12 player for USC, that would be very disheartening, especially considering many a Buff fan thought that Katie Nixon was at best the third or fourth best receiver on the team at the University of Colorado. So if he becomes a star at USC with all the four-star players they have there, then that would be some sort of an indictment of the Colorado offense, I would imagine. Uh-huh. But again, fit matters. Yeah. And it, it, KD was such a strong trooper here at CU, it's very difficult to root against him. Yeah. Or at least one weekend. You know, <laughs> but speaking of catching the football, we move on to the tight end position, which Colorado fans... If they want to see a tight end catching the football, they watch the NFL or something else because that's just last 10 or 15 years has not been a thing that Colorado does. There were 10 receptions by tight ends last year. Five of those were by walk-ons. To give you the, the rundown of the very deep tight end roster, Brady Russell be a junior this year again. Jared Poplowski also a junior. Luke Stilwell, sophomore. Alec Pell, Caleb Fourier, Louis Passarello, our freshman, and of course we already have Eric Olson, the early enrollee for the class of 2021. He will be on campus doing spring practices for the Buffs. So that's seven scholarship tight ends. Now, Colorado is very good at playing preferred walk-on tight ends. Matt Lynch contributed. He caught some passes. Nick Fisher played. Nico McGree caught, played. C.J. Szymanski played. So we had four walk-ons that played. Actually, of the five catches, uh, C.J. Szymanski had three of them, and Matt Lynch had two of them. So of the ten catches the University of Colorado had from the tight end position in 2021 or in 2020, five of the ten were by walk-ons, even though we had seven scholarship tight ends. So if you count all that all up, that's 11 tight ends with 10 catches. Now, I am a huge Brady Russell fan, and he did have five of the catches. He only played in two games. He got hurt early on, had a touchdown in the UCLA game, first game of the season. And he is one of those players you want to have on the field. He's a captain on the field. He's going to get the locker room pumped up. He's going to get the sideline pumped up. He's going to get the huddle pumped up. So I am not down on the tight end position at the University of Colorado. I'm very excited about it. But Missouri, show me state, is this the year? I've been saying this for at least the last 10 years. Is this the year that the tight end position becomes a threat at the University of Colorado? Russell was healthy, and you know that, that, that to call that a small sample is probably to overstate the case. It did appear that there was some effort in calling the plays to get the ball to him. It did appear that there were times that Neuer was comfortable throwing to him, and I think we observed that Neuer is a comfort quarterback. He tends to run home to mommy under pressure, and Russell can make the tough catch. He appears to be capable of understanding where the first down marker is. 
Well, which is a number one attribute. You, you, you want the guy who is going to make the seven and a half yard catch on third and seven, not the six and a half yard catch. Or at least <laughs> catch it six and a half yards and bull his way for the extra yeah. yard. Yes, that would be but, an improvement. Honestly, if we are going to look at the tight end position breaking out this year, it's going to be, can Brady Russell stay on the field? And I have to say, if there is a freshman that I would love to hear his name keep getting brought up at spring practice, the highlight films for Eric Olson yes. are very nice. Yes. Um, he shows all of those skills you would think from a Pac-12 tight end. And so if at some point, about halfway through spring practice, Shiverini or Durrell says, you know, that kid Olsen can catch the ball. Um, that might be as good a thing as we can expect out of that room. It's very difficult to believe all of those people will remain on scholarship come September. Yeah. Well, and Fourier, a name familiar with the Buff Nation, um, he was one of the heralded recruits from last year's class. And so if you have those two young men playing as, you know, true freshmen, um, yeah, um, to offset what Brady Russell can do. And then, of course, you got the other ones that either learn how to participate or would just keep all the power, you know, the preferred walk-ons getting out there and participating. That, of course, we lost our tight ends coach. Uh, Taylor Embry was here for all of one year and then took off for the NFL. So Brian Cook, who got promoted from quality control coach to tight ends coach, hasn't coached the position before, is now entrusted with making the tight end position something special at the University of Colorado. But I would agree with you. I think the, the pieces are now in place that – if we can find a way to make the tight end position something of a weapon with between Brady Russell, Fourier, as you say, Eric Olson, and not to mention, you know, the other scholarship ones and the walk-ons we've got, this would be there to do it. I would just love to have everybody walking out of Mile High Stadium September 11th after the Texas A&M game and go, wow, what, you know, revelation that we have great tight end play. Won't want to waste it on Northern Colorado. You know, it's okay if the tight ends don't do anything against the Bears. We want to kind of save that, keep that under wraps for spring and fall, and then unleash it on the Texas A&M Aggie defense and have that be our secret weapon for playing a top five team. I would be totally excited about that. But again, I've been excited about the tight end position before and it hasn't worked out. So, Fingers crossed that, like you say, we're going to get rave reviews about the young players and that Brady Russell is just dominating. Um, and again, you know, two tight end sets, two running back sets. Yeah. Who knew? Once upon a time, teams ran with that and were successful at it. So that would lead us then to the offensive line where even though Will Sherman left early, um, becoming the 11th buff to take off as an underclassman for the NFL. And hopefully he will not break our string. The other 10 underclassmen that left early for the NFL from CU all got drafted. So Will Sherman did get invited to the virtual NFL combine. <laughs> Whatever that translates to be, at least that shows that they're looking at him and that they're interested in him. So hopefully he'll get drafted. 
But even with that, Colorado arguably has five returning starters, maybe even six. So the rundown, um, we have one seat, you know, super senior. Okay. So you got Sam Neuer, Nate Landman, and Kari Kutch. Colby Purcell and Chance Lytle are the juniors. Frank Phillip, Casey Roddick, Kanan Ray, Joshua Gines are the sophomores. Then you've got a bunch of freshmen, Austin Johnson, Jake Wiley, Valentin Sin, Nico Pohahu. I was going to look that one up. Pohahua. And then, you know, true, true, true freshman, Jake Ray, Carson Lee, and another long name that I'm not going to pronounce, Jared Lichtenhahn. Uh, so the starters, Kutch, Purcell, Philip Roddick, and arguably Chance Lytle, um, all have starting experience. Is this going to be the best offensive line see you had since we had, you know, the 2001 offensive line that was opening holes for six touchdowns for Chris Brown against Nebraska. Well, I don't think they're quite in that class, but best since then, yeah, very good chance of that. Um, coming together under fire last year without a, without a spring, um, they played at times quite well, better on the run than the pass. Um, they seem to show some chemistry. Uh, Lytle had perhaps the offensive player highlight of the year when he was hurt and was you know, cheering his teammates on as being hauled off while being hauled off on a cart. With a broken um, leg against Arizona, yes. Yeah, and so there are there's every reason to believe that not just those five guys, but the other people who got playing time can be assembled into some sort of more than functional, more than C plus, but more like a B plus offensive line. Um, there was production last year. Um, Will Sherman was good and was probably the anchor of that line, but he did not so stand out that you think that they can't step up and be better this year. Um, which leads you to, you know, as always, if the line can play and stay healthy, this offense has a much higher potential. And I, for one, am kind of excited to see how that works. Yeah. Um, Frank Phillip seems to be the new star along with, uh, with Kutch, um, Casey Roddick started four games at right guard, one game at left guard. So, I mean, part of it's going to be figuring out the lineup. Does Phillip move from right tackle to left tackle where Sherman played, you know, every game last year? That seems to be a, a logical move. Um, you know, it's just everybody had starts, um, you know, that we have, like you say, six players that have plenty of starting experience and, I don't know. I mean, it, it's this is a team that was 23rd in the nation rushing last year. You know, I mean, if you you talk about are we going to be successful, you know, in the Pac-12, one of the things we got to do is be successful running the ball. Everybody, you know, gets excited about the 
the long game, the deep pass. But I think Colorado's path, whether it's a necessarily a Wisconsin, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust or an Iowa kind of offense, but if we don't have the star quarterback, and again, we don't have a history of developing star quarterbacks. Sorry about that, but that's our reality for the last 20 years. I mean, one of the favorite stats everybody comes up with for the NFL draft is he was had, hasn't had a quarterback drafted since 1997. Yeah, and that was Coy Detmer. And that was in the seventh round. So, you know, Colorado is not quarterback you. So if quarterbacks are going to be successful, they have to be handing the ball off a fair percentage of the time. We are not going to be Washington State and airing it out. So can this offense be successful? I think it can, but it's going to be coming down to the offensive line. And that's something that you just, you don't see it because we are not experts at grading film, but the results are going to be, you know, having a Jarek Broussard run for 300 yards, you know, that type of a thing, have those types of games where the offensive line just dominates the Against UCLA, the offensive line dominated. It was like the Nebraska game in 2001. It was fun to watch. And with this much returning starting talent, this much depth, and I've been trying to figure out a way to enunciate that. I'll just kind of wrap this up for, you know, the offense as a whole and actually the team as a whole with the whole COVID year that I think the difference for a team like Colorado Whereas Oregon has, you know, four-star player leave after one or two years, replaced by another four-star player. They come in and they're, you know, they're ready to go. You look at Colorado in 2016, it was a senior-laden team. You know, you had a lot of senior leadership. You had a lot of defensive backs that got thrown into the fray as freshmen and, well, got beat a lot, you know, just like we were dealing with, you know, last year with Gonzalez getting beat. Not all the time, but he was – a freshman playing cornerback. And our problem with the 2017 team, you know, we once in a while can come up with a good team that's senior-laden, senior leadership, devoted to winning, you know, great locker room chemistry, and then it all drops off because you have 23 guys graduate. Well, we don't have that because other than our three super seniors, you know, Nate Landman, Neuer, and Kutch, we could have – 85 guys come back next year. And so that's developing that sort of depth because teams like Colorado, you know, you have an Alex Fontenot get hurt. You don't have a Jarek Broussard behind him, you know, type of thing. So that now we've got, like with this line, what I'm excited about is that, yeah, if you do have, you know, uh, you know, a chance I will get hurt, Erotic can step in you know, that type of thing and start and do well. And I think that having that sort of depth that normally if we had a crushing blow, you know, from a player that's a good player that took three or four years to develop, finally becomes a a good all pack 12 player, get hurt. We don't have an all pack 12 player behind him. And now, yeah, it might not be an all pack 12 performer behind them, but they've got experience. They've got, you know, playing time so that the drop-off is not as significant. I think that's going to be important for teams like Colorado 
not that we're going to be at the Oregon or USC level, but it narrows the gap because those teams can only play so many four-star players. You can only have 11 guys on the field at once. And if we can have, instead of the situation where we had four all-pack 12-worthy players and seven that are not, you know, now maybe we have eight or nine that are Pac-12 caliber players. So it certainly levels the playing field. It narrows the gap between what we're dealing with and a year-to-year situation and what we're dealing with when we're trying to face off against the Oregons and the USC's and the Texas A&M's of the world. So I'm looking at this lineup, and you can make an argument. You have 11 starters coming back. You know, yes, Will Sherman is gone. Katie Nixon is gone. But there are people that have started behind them. So this was an offense that, yeah, it wasn't super great. Uh, 48th nationally in total offense. That's middle of the pack. But that's still better than what we're used to at the University of Colorado when we're putting up all those five and seven years. So four and two being 48th nationally in total offense, 23rd nationally in rushing offense, and everybody's back and now actually gets to have a spring practice with these coaches. I think that's what we can look forward in the spring and be excited about with this offense is that, you know, there's going to be, like you say, some time to gel, some time to get things figured out so that we can hit the ground running for fall camp and be ready for Texas A&M. What do you think? I think that I agree with everything you've said, and I think that we should also keep in mind that the coaching hire that we graded as an A-plus in the offseason is the guy who's going to spend the next five months with these guys, Shannon Turley, the strength and conditioning coach. Yes. Um, you know, will he have had a major impact by spring practice? Likely not. Will these guys, particularly the big uglies, look different come fall? Look bigger, look stronger? Will Alec Fontenot find that other gear where Jarek Broussard find that fall forward for that extra two yards kind of thing? Um, will Brendan Rice get even faster? <laughs> Turley's history says that's possible. Yes. And so, you know, we will look at not just what we get in spring practice, but what happens if all of these guys get three or five or 10% bigger, stronger, and faster? Yeah. Uh, so we, it feels like we have an established coaching staff. It feels like we have people that Darrell is comfortable with. It feels like, you know, with perhaps one or two exceptions, they are people that we have confidence in making it work. Um, there is certainly reason optimism, you know, and perhaps nobody outside of Boulder sees it. That's fine with me. Yeah. Um, and but that, if, and that if is we the, come out of spring practice with an idea about what our two quarterbacks can do with an offensive line group that knows how to play together so that if one guy has to come out, the next one chugs in and, you know, knowing who are starting wide receivers and who are, what our running back rotation looks like, none of that, is an expectation that we shouldn't have. And if we have that, there's every reason to think that this team can go in and compete in the Pac-12 on a week-in, week-out basis. And as we know, um, 
we'll figure that relatively early. Yeah. And yes, the pundits are going to, you know, as we've talked about, you know, when the spring magazines come out, we'll once again put CU fifth. We'll once again have CU at four and eight, five and seven. Um, but we can look at the world through black and gold colored glasses, at least for the next six months. And, you know, I go back to Lawrence Vickers back, was it 2004, 2003, when the buffs were something like three, three and one or something like that in fifth place. And it's like, well, if you beat everybody on your rest of the schedule here, you can still win the pack 12 or the big 12 North. And his response was, why not us? And the buffs went out and actually did it. And I think, that would be a good theme for this team for the 2021 season and spring practices of 2021. It's like, well, we were four and two and we have everybody back. So why not us? And hopefully, you know, this coaching staff will be as what we have grown to anticipate being better than we thought they were going to be or better than we feared they would be. And now, now they get a chance to actually do what they came here to do, which was to teach and to coach. So any final words before you get snowed under and have to sit back and just watch basketball until you can dig your way out? Spring is traditionally when hope springs eternal when everybody is capable of having Optimism, I guess, except maybe Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> and this is as much, we have rarely anticipated the spring this much, certainly not in the last decade. Um, so smile and enjoy it. And even when the snow falls, understand that spring practice will come and eventually fall will be there in Boulder. And maybe we can sit there and watch it happen in person. Sounds like a plan. Well, we will talk about the defense um, and then get everybody ready for spring practices. Thank you for being a part of the See at the Game podcast. Since Brad and I taped this episode, freshman offensive lineman Jake Ray has medically retired due to back issues, and wide receiver Brendan Rice fractured a finger on a pass from J.T. Strout, which will limit his participation in spring ball which is a long way of saying that it's important for you as a Buff fan to check in with the See the Game website for daily updates about your Buffs. Spring practices are going to be fun, if only because we get to have spring practices. I look forward to hearing from you with your thoughts and suggestions. Until next time, when we will discuss the defensive side of the ball, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time when we will again see you at the game.
I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of sighs guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.